are a, a golfer or a fan of golf on television, then you know what we're going to talk about. Um, the appearance evolution of the live tour in competition with the PGA tour and maybe even to a greater extent competition with the European tour. Mm -hmm. And our guest today is a friend of uh, both John and I, uh, we've worked with him and for him essentially for a long period of time. Keith Pelly is now the um, head of the DP world tour, the European tour. And we will get into the meat and potatoes of this golf controversy. Um, and we'll start right after these messages. McCall and Shannon back with you. And as mentioned, our uh, guest today is a uh, familiar face and voice to uh, many of you and certainly to us. Uh, Keith Pelly, who's the uh, head honcho of the European tour, now called what, Keith? DP World Tour. Exactly. Um, thank you so much for uh, your time. And I know, I know it's a busy time for you guys. I would assume that a lot of your energy, if not most of your energy, has yeah. been consumed by this live tour and how you, how the PGA tour plan to react to it. Um, is that accurate? First of all? Yeah, I would say that's been pretty accurate. I would say that, uh, uh, it's been an interesting three years. I didn't think that, um, uh, anything would be, uh, uh, as, as challenging as, as COVID and the pandemic. Uh, and then, uh, uh, live investments came along. So um, there's no doubt it's been a, it's been an interesting and it's a changing time in our uh, our industry. And it is it is you're right. It has taken uh, a significant amount, uh, if not all of my time at this particular time. Biggest challenge that we've had is is uh, and, and what is frustrating, as you guys both know me, is it has been uh, we haven't been able to communicate at this particular time with our members or our stakeholders or our sponsors uh, until we had something to actually uh, talk about, until we had clarity on a, on a number of different things, clarity of what we were going to do when, when, when players breached our, our rules and regulations and what were going to be the sanctions, clarity on what our future was going to be and our clarity on, uh, on where we actually uh, sit in global golf. And, and so this week, this week, I addressed the players at a mandatory player meeting at the uh, Horizon Irish Open, and uh, so uh, it's been a it's been a busy time, that's for sure. Uh, tell us what kind of reaction, if any, did you get from the players? Well, you know the uh, it, it's it's interesting because it's it's quite it's quite divisive right now with the players that are playing, um, you know, this week in Portland and those that are playing on the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. And those playing at the Horizon Irish Open, you know, from from uh, the reaction that I got from the players was uh, was of uh, of great gratitude. I think it was uh, it was it was really quite rewarding walking up and down the uh, the range yesterday after the player meeting on uh, on Tuesday night, um, and and I think that's based on the fact that in a very volatile economy in which we are, where where there's uh, there's uncertainty and inflation. And and now, uh, in the midst of um, uh, of of really two uh, entities competing for the uh, control of global golf, obviously the uh, the PGA Tour, which uh, which is the number one tour in the world, and and Live Investments, you know, with enormous wealth and sovereignty wealth that are trying to control the game by uh, by going after uh, the top players. It is. Uh, it's. It's. It's been a time of uncertainty for us and where we, where we fit in. But you know, we we extended our strategic alliance with the PGA Tour. We felt that it was, it was, um, it was a decision that we made with a proven partner. We wanted to stay on the right side of history, and we wanted to protect the essence of competition and the legacy of the established tournaments and the greats of the games. And 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 so what. Um, what we did is, which which again was uh, was uh, incredibly well received by the members, is we have guaranteed uh, growth funds and prize funds uh, for the next five years for our members, and uh, and that word guarantee was something that was uh, really well accepted and uh, and and for obvious reasons something that they were uh, pleased about. So 
Uh, now we have a chance with this additional investment to what I call transform our tour, you know, focus on more of the national opens, uh, invest more in other aspects of our business. So it's, um, we're pretty energized by it, as well as we have a, a, a pathway uh, directly to the, uh, the PGA Tour for those members on, uh, on our tour that, uh, that have aspirations to go and play in America. Keith, would, would, would Liv have more of a negative influence on your tour or the PGA? Well, I, I, well that's, a, that's a good question. Uh, I think, and I, I don't know emphatically how to answer that, but, you know, potentially both. You know, we, we, uh, we brought uh, Golf Saudi into the game in 2019, and we brought them in as a, as a, as a sponsor of the Saudi International. And 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 we had a had a good relationship with them. Uh, I would never have envisioned that it would have come to uh, live investments uh, doing what they're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that um, uh, the game the game. I think Seth Waugh talked about it for some time, um, and and in his news conference a couple of uh, about a, a couple of years ago when this first came came out, and he is the uh, the president of uh, CEO of the PGA of America. He said, "He listen." You can always you you always need to be modifying your sport. You always need to be getting better. But what are we really trying to fix? The game is not broken. Um, I believe that um, uh, that's the case. Uh, but uh, to answer your question, there's no doubt that that live are, are a competitor. They're um, they're additive, not competitive. I mean, uh, they're they're competitive, not additive. That's what they've been. Saying. They've been they've been additive. Listen, they uh, they played their first event in the UK, so you can imagine the conversations I had with stakeholders and partners about an event in the in the UK in our market up against the Scandinavian mix. So, you know, you you've got you've got one entity in the in the PGA Tour that uh, announced they're going to have eleven events at at, uh, at an average of twenty million next year. The, Live Investments are eight events at 25 million. Uh, you know, they have five events in America. You guys know more than anything else. They're, I've always said that Scotland is the spiritual home of golf and America is the commercial home of golf. So unless our tour was going to actually go into America and compete with the PGA Tour, those type of prize funds are not sustainable on the DP World Tour. Mm-hmm. So we have to do something. And, uh, and you know, November 2020, we uh, we the PGA Tour bought fifteen percent of our production company. They became partners from competitors overnight, and it has wildly exceeded our expectations in terms of how they've helped us with sponsors. This week, the Horizon Irish Open. Next week, the Genesis Scottish Open at the Renaissance Club just outside of Edinburgh will be the largest uh, European Tour now DP World, World Tour event in our history. It's a co-sanctioned event with the PGA Tour. 14 of the top 15 players um, that are playing in it. It's it's just uh, astounding. Um, with Keith Pelly, uh, the head of the uh, DP World Tour, uh, you would understand this, that you know when you came to uh, Sportsnet, having been at TSN previously, and I, I mentioned this only for reference to those who may not know what your history is, but anytime you move to a new company, um, there, there is an, almost inevitably some competition. And you fight that competition with product principally. Yes, you use money, but you want your product to be better than the competition. Um, in this case, I perceive the enemy for you guys and the PGA Tour to be the almost bottomless pit of money that the Saudis could throw at this. And that is essentially what they're using as the lure. How do you fight that? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, question. And you, um, I think you heard Jay Monahan speak. I don't know if it was in Canada at, uh, at the RBC Canadian open where he talked about if, um, if money, if if uh, if this is a, uh, I guess a war that is based on who has the the most money or the, uh, then then they're going to uh, they're going to be successful. 
for me, and, and that's the whole key, key is, uh, you know, our sport is much more than, than money. And I can see players in the, the twilights of their career uh, deciding to go play uh, smaller fields, guaranteed money, 54 holes. Uh, but, you know, if, if you believe in the game, you believe in the, the meritocracy of the game. You believe in, the, in, in that every single week you have to show up and you have to, you have to play well. Uh, you know, as, as people say, you know, I need to play better. If I hear that the range, I hear it all the time. You know, when you're playing with just small, guaranteed, huge sums of money, um, at that particular time, is 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 it competitive? Is it is it is it as rewarding? Does it have the history? So, as I said, you know, we made a decision that um, that we wanted to to stay on the right side of golfing history. Uh, we made that decision not just uh, over the last couple of days. Um, but back in November 2020, when we made the decision not to join Rain Capital, and, and it was then called the PGL, the Premier Golf League, and, and sign a strategic alliance with the, uh, the PGA Tour. So um, you're right. If this, is, uh, if this is just about money, then, uh, then we'll be challenged. Uh, but uh, I think our sport is a lot more than uh, just paying an enormous sum of monies to a few I'll tell you what's one of the things that's intriguing to me. When you went, when you left um, North America and went to take this job in in England, um, and you and I have known each other for a lot of, a lot of years, you initiated a wide variety of intriguing concepts. Yeah, um, you looked at golf differently than your predecessors did. And some of the things that you proposed and experimented with may have looked a little goofy to some traditionalists, yeah. but um, you did it unapologetically. And one of the things that you know, you've mentioned here is these guys are playing a 54-hole event, not a traditional 72, and they're playing with shotgun starts. Um, your thoughts on, on that, does that make it more attractive or less attractive in your opinion? Uh, well, I think the 72, I've always said that the 72 hole tournament will be the core of what, what uh, our sport is. And, and the reason, the reason that being, and I remember uh, our Ryder cup captain, Henrik Stenson saying to me, and this is Bob, you'll get a kick out of this. He said, the reason that I like, because we were talking about doing 36 holes and then, then 54s and nine hole match play and all that. Yeah. He said, Keith, the reason I like 72 holes is he said, he goes, you, even you, he looked <laughs> at me, might be able to beat me on nine holes once. Not highly unlikely, but once. <laughs> I, you never know. You maybe make three birdies, but you never beat me over 72 holes. Mm -hmm. you know, I said, well, I'd never beat you over 18 holes. But <laughs> the, reality, the reality is that uh, 72 holes, and most of the top players will say, the that's why it always comes to the top because any of these players can shoot 64 65 on any given day can they do it for four straight rounds and uh you know 54 holes is still very very competitive so i'm not i'm not adverse to 54 holes um i i don't really know i don't really have an opinion on the uh on the shotgun that would be an opinion more for from our our television um uh, uh, players, which, which, which it's, it's, it's difficult. Uh, and, and my guess is they will abandon that, mm -hmm. uh, would, would be my guess. I think it is, I think, I think it is, um, it, it is tricky. Um, it, you know, my, it seems that it might work on, on, on one day, but, you know how does that work on uh, on the on the final day when you when you have the excitement coming down 18? You know what the 18th hole is like. You know if you saw you saw the RBC Canadian Open this year, it was unbelievable coming right down to the finish with Justin Thomas and 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 Rory. And you know you know the 18. You can see it building. You know what the golf course is like. Can you imagine Augusta National doing a shotgun and not <laughs> having the magic magic having the back? 
the back nine when everybody's getting ready for on this corner and and uh, and the 13th and the 15th hole and we know that it's a tough driving hole on 18 and you you got to take it over the bunker on the left if you you know and it's a tough tough final hole uh so listen uh i'm i'm here's here's from my perspective i love innovation uh i love creativity uh i think what this new investment uh, additional investment gives us a chance to do is uh is revamp our schedule refine and improve our schedule for 2024 and i can tell you that there will be some there will be two creative events in there uh that will be all geared towards innovation uh, i've always said that we're um that golf's um, in, we're in the entertainment business where golf's our platform. And that's why we've been so, um, so creative with our social content. Mm -hmm. And we've won uh, a number of awards uh, worldwide for our social content. We're going to do the exact same thing now coming out of COVID. We were about to do it moving into COVID. Now we're going to do it coming out of COVID where you'll have a signature hole on every single uh, uh, event. You'll have a first tee experience, not, not 5,000 like at the Ryder cup, but uh, a special first tee experience that is all geared towards entertainment. So it's, um, uh, but now coming out of COVID now with the additional investment with the guaranteed prize fund that we have, uh, as well as with the, uh, the PGA tour, you might've heard that, that Jay Monahan mentioned in travelers that they're going to create a new global series. We'll be involved in that global series three massive events post FedEx, one in Europe, one in the Middle East, and one in, uh, in Asia. So that, again, gives us a wonderful chance for innovation. The bottom line for me is I think that there is room for, for creativity. There is room for innovation in our game. I think Golf Sixes has really taken off here in, uh, in Europe. There's Golf Sixes tournaments everywhere now, uh, and, and we were instrumental in creating that. Uh, however, at the end of the day, I think it's still pretty important that we don't lose res lose that that the, the history of the 72-hole tournament. And when you look at coming up the Open Championship, the 150th anniversary of it, wow, the um, uh, you wouldn't want a shotgun start, I don't think, at the Open. So, Keith, Bob and I have talked about this before, because when you look at the money that they've thrown around uh, and the fact that some of those guys were still able to play at the U.S. Open. Um, you know, they're, they're going to play at the Open Championship. Uh, I'm not sure we know what the Masters are going to do yet. Uh, I'm, I'm not even sure what they're going to do, do at next year's PGA Championship. H how much does it hurt you that the four major tournaments are separate from what you and Jay want to do, and they, they run by their own rules and allow entries of people from that tour? Well, you know, who has the crystal ball? And nobody has the crystal ball, John, and what's going to happen with, with the majors. The majors is obviously the pinnacle of the game. Um, and we have a phenomenal relationship with all four majors and, and our qualification criteria is, is a lot centered around the majors and we're growing that and working with, with, um, you know, Fred Ridley from Augusta and Martin Slumbers from the RNA uh, and the Open and Mike Wan from the USGA and Seth from the PGA of America. They're all partners with us, uh, especially the PGA of America were partners with us in the Ryder Cup. Uh, but who knows what 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 happens? All I know is that um, uh, that, you know, la last week or earlier this week, uh, our tour, uh, our tour took a significant move in the right direction where where in this Again, challenging, changing time. Uh, we've we've guaranteed growth potential for our members, and uh, we've guaranteed a pathway to the PGA Tour, where where the top ten players not already exempt on our tour will uh, will fall in right um, uh, right behind um, uh, the top one twenty five in the FedEx ahead of the Corn Ferry. And somebody said, oh, "Well, are you a feeder tour?" I said. I said, we're anything but a feeder tour. We're a vibrant, strong, independent tour. When you look at 80,000 people that are going to be at the Horizon Irish Open this week and 120,000 next week in Scotland and our BMW PGA Championship and all our national opens, you know, the, the, 
uh, what we do in Abu Dhabi, what we do in Dubai, the, the pathway to the PGA Tour is one component of our business. The Corn Ferry is a feeder tour directly into the PGA Tour. The Challenge Tour is directly into us. So, um, no, we're an international tour. And I think one of the things that, that has happened over the last 18 months is Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour have recognized, you know, our relationships that we have internationally and how uh, those relationships uh, can allow them to globalize their business more. So we're in a natural extension of, um, of, of, of a global strategy. And this, by the way, this isn't something that, that Jay and I have been talking about. It definitely, and I'm not going to pretend that it didn't, it's definitely been accelerated uh, by Live Investments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jay and I have been talking about coming closer together, um, you know, rather than work in vertical silos, horizontally integrate our businesses so that we work together on esports, e gamings, NFTs, broadcast, content, promotions, sponsorship. Uh, and working together will drive more value and and it will be uh, stronger tournaments and better for the consumer. Like I said, next week's event, the Genesis Scottish Open, and they brought us Genesis as a partner, uh, will be the uh, the biggest tournament uh, that we've ever had on the uh, on the European Tour, now DP World Tour. And that's that's pretty exciting. Keith Pelley is uh, with us. Uh, lots more to discuss. And... Um, Maybe a little controversy here. Uh, yeah. We'll uh, take a quick break and then come back with, uh, with Keith Pelly with a bit more. Back after this. Bob McCowan, John Shannon, and Keith Pelly, who's the head of the DP World Tour, the European Tour, if you will. Um, here's an interesting part of this equation. Um, there are players, past and present, on... Uh, pro golfers whose position has been that the PGA tour of America's um, openness to the players, willingness to open the books, reveal the economic realities that are out there um, have not existed. And um, I mean, I'll tell you, and John will acknowledge that we've had conversations with, guys that you know, Ian Leggett, Richard Zokel specifically, who are on with us on some sort of a regular basis and have said the same thing, that even dating back to when, you know, the 80s, 90s, when they were prominent members of the tour, they felt as though they were excluded from a process or from um, information that they felt, given their relationship with the tours, they deserved. Now, I know that you, when you went over there, and I think you continue today, you spend a lot of time talking to the individual players, conveying uh, ideas that you have, trying to get ideas that they have. But I have no idea how open the economic situation is. Address that, because there are players who are angry uh, with the fact, and some of them have left the PGA Tour for live. They're angry with the process, and they don't feel like they are partners in an open um, business. Tell me what you think of that. Well, obviously that'd be a, a better question for, for Jay Monahan. Jay, but I, I know I get it, yeah. but, 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 but I can, but Jay's not here, but I can tell you that, um, uh, you know, you, you know, um, my relationship with Rory and, and, and obviously there seems to be an affinity with Rory in Canada as I, mm-hmm. as I, while I was in Sweden. Um, and, and Rory, who sits on the player pack, and John Rom, who are all dual members, uh, and 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 I think the uh, the transparency that has happened over the last year with Jay Monahan uh, has been, um, as from my understanding, in talking to Rory and talking to John and talking to members of the player pack, uh, they've been very transparent with the uh, the economics. Um, you know, similar. I am happy to walk any of our player and any players at any particular time through the economics of our tour. We're both members organizations, which is, you know, our, our, our key uh, KPIs, our key performance index um, is, is measured on playing opportunities, prize funds uh, for our members. And we're, um, we, we put all of the, the money and the surplus that we have back into uh, 
uh, into our prize funds. And, and we run on a, we run on a four year cycle, a four year break even cycle. Uh, Ryder Cup is obviously very uh, successful and very uh, financially strong for us. Uh, and, and that four year cycle and every, uh, all the money we put back into the prize funds. And that's why we will, you know, continue to see the prize funds grow, but especially with the additional investment grow even more than we thought with the, uh, the PGA tour, despite facing competition. So, uh, we're pretty transparent, you know, and, and I think things are a lot different than when Lego and, uh, and Richard played, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, I think the players now, um, you know, demand a little bit more transparency than maybe they did. You know, Jay Monahan is a player's commissioner. Uh, he, he, has, he has nothing to hide. When you have nothing to hide, you have n- no problem sharing things. And, and I remember having the conversation with Rory, who, who walked through the financials of, uh, of the PGA Tour, because he's on the member of the player pack. He's also on the, uh, on the board of the, uh, of the PGA Tour. And, and you won't find somebody uh, not only has incredible skill and has the X factor and the personality, he's wickedly bright. He's very, very smart. And, uh, and Rory, if Rory's totally comfortable with all aspects of the financials uh, on, the, on the PGA Tour, that's good enough for me. Okay, so answer me this question then. Um, in the last two weeks, I guess, maybe three, both you with your tour and Jay with the PGA tour have announced significant increases in essentially prize money, whether it's, you know, it's, it's spread out. Um, but you're putting, there are tens of millions of dollars of additional prize money that has suddenly materialized as in, apparently as a response to the threat of live, where does that money come from? Why wasn't that money in play before live became the threat it is? Okay, so first, first and foremost, again, that would be a better question for Jay. Um, but what I can tell you is the one myth and the one piece of the puzzle that people are, are forgetting is, is that at the end of 2021 is when the new television deals kicked in for the, for the PGA Tour. And so all of a sudden there became a surplus of funds. And I, I'm not speaking on behalf of Jay. I'm just repeating what Jay no, no, has I said in, the, in that this was always the plan. And, and the plan may have been accelerated, but it, it wasn't that all of a sudden money magically appeared. And I remember having this conversation with Paul Casey at the Players' Championship. And I said, Paul, you know, this is, this is the, you know, this is... Um, uh, the, the television deals have just kicked in the new television deals. And, and, you know, the PGA tour did a, did a wonderful job with, uh, with their television deals, not only financially, but as well as from a, a, a product placement perspective, bringing in the likes of ESPN discovery, CBS, NBC, Amazon. So wider distribution, which has allowed them to no doubt, drive more revenue in terms of partnerships. So I I don't think the money magically appeared. And from our perspective, I think that the timing for us was, was, was right in, in us being us doing a deal with them, November, 2020, when they were able to invest in, in our, our production business. And they bought 15% of our production company. And now they own 40% of it uh, at the time when they were, um, uh, they were going to become a, a little bit more uh, uh, or perhaps have a little bit more disposable cash based on the television deal. That's that's that again, a better question for Jay. Right. But I understand my, my uh, from my perspective, I think this this there's there's been you know what? There's been so many so much fiction and so little fact out there and so many different rumors and so many myths and the myths that all of a sudden that the minute live came, they invested a lot more. If you, if you ask Jay and listen to Jay, I think he will tell you implicitly that that was the plan all along. What, ha- um, what happens if one of your TV partners decides to carry live, how does that affect you? And what would your reaction be? Well, I, I think there's, a, there's a couple things. 
first of all, John, as you can imagine, the event in the Centurion Club in, in the UK uh, wasn't carried by Sky, and we have an exclusive uh, deal with Sky in terms of that, that right. particular broadcast window. Um, but it really comes down to the time zone. Uh, you know, this, this week in, in Pumpkin Ridge, it's a different time zone than the Horizon Irish Open. So, um, you know, in your own territory, it is, it is more detrimental than in a, in a territory uh, where the time zone isn't the same. But, you know, listen, it's, it's, it's going to be quite fascinating to watch this space. There is no doubt. And, and as I said, we had to make a, a decision uh, because I think standing on our on our own during this this um, this turf war was was not something that I thought was uh, was going to provide long term sustainability for for our tour and for um, for our position in global golf. I think what we've done now is done exactly that, and and I I I, I look at it and I say yes, yeah, we've 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 taken the decision to stand shoulder to shoulder with the most powerful entity in the world of golf. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what we have, we have done. And, and I can tell you this again, I come back to it, to Rory and there was an article that Rory was, was incredibly uh, helpful during this. Um, for the last four or five years, Rory has been, been incredibly uh, a wonderful sounding board for me. And, and, I'll, and, and I, I talk about how intelligent he is and, and, you know, I'm, I'm not allowed to really, or not supposed to cheer for anyone, but to be <laughs> honest, cheered for him. St. George's. Um, you can help me with something. Sorry, John. Uh, um, I saw that you announced, and I need you to clarify this because I'm probably going to uh, misrepresent it, but a hundred thousand, I don't know if a dollar or a pound fine for players that yeah. left can you explain uh, yeah, yeah. how you yeah. how how that manifests itself yeah for the players that played in the um uh, the centurion club which was uh was not far up the road from uh from wentworth where we are about 45 right. minutes um in st albans uh and those players that played uh received a hundred thousand pound fine and uh were suspended to play in the Genesis Scottish Open, uh, the Barbasol Championship on the PGA Tour, which we also have 50 spots, and the Barracuda Championship, which we also have 50 spots as our relationship with the PGA Tour. And the reason we were is, the reason we were able to do that is under our membership guidelines, Bob, um, there is, a, there is a, a regulation around conflicting tournaments. So on, on any given week, if, if there is another tournament that is playing a professional tournament against your tournament where you're a member of, you have to seek a release to play in that tournament. Mm-hmm, sure. Players seek to releases to play in those tournaments, and we didn't grant the releases. And then they went and played anyways. Similar to what's, what's happening this week in, uh, in, in Portland at Pumpkin Ridge, where, um, where a number of the players – Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, Graham McDowell, all uh, all seek releases. Uh, kind of a shame that 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 Graham McDowell uh, not playing in the Horizon Irish Open that he chose to play in uh, in Portland this week. That's that was that was pretty disappointing to uh, to us and to our members. A lot of them talking about that yesterday, and a lot of the uh, the media talking about it in Ireland. But uh, yeah, so the the minute that that they um, uh, they played in that event. They they willfully broke the rules and regulations in our membership handbook and allowed us to sanction them. And we sanctioned them a hundred thousand uh, fine. Uh, you know, Pablo Larathabal, who played in the Centurion Club and this week is playing in Ireland. Um, you know, he paid his hundred thousand fine, so he's playing in Ireland. Uh, but he is uh, not permitted to play in the Genesis Scottish Open or Barbasol Championships. In well, I was going to ask you, how do you collect that fine? And I guess you do it by um, <laughs> refusing to allow them to play on f- in future events until they pay it, correct? Yeah, or they, they, they pay it before they, uh, they, tee, they tee it up. Yeah. Did, um, so can you see a time when 
based on that, that, that there, there'd be some level of coexistence? Is that, a, is that yeah. even feasible? So here, here's, the, here's the reality, John. You know, I, again, we brought them into the game in 2019, and I've had as many conversations with them and over, the, uh, over the last couple of years. I know them as well as, as, as anyone because uh, I brought His Excellency and, and, and Gulf Saudi into the game. Uh, the conversations that I've had with them is, is, and I can't figure this out, is why are they so determined to play outside the ecosystem as opposed to inside? Inside the ecosystem, they play in, inside the ecosystem in Formula One. They play inside the eco- ecosystem with the English Premier League. They even do so in women's golf with the Aremco series in the ladies European tour. And I'm on the board. Mm. However, however, they have this uh, infatuation with playing outside the ecosystem and not wanting to be additive, but wanting to control the game. And, and like I said, with, with endless funds and using their undoubted sovereign wealth to try and control the game and, and, and players offering them uh, enormous sums of money to play. As I said, I don't begrudge any player for, uh, for taking the money. Uh, I'm surprised at some of the young players that, that, that are uh, because they don't have world ranking points. So um uh, you know, back to your question regarding the majors, if you fall out of the, the top 50 or the top 100, that's going to change your ability to play in the, the majors regardless. Um, but, I don't, but, but I don't want them begrudging us on the consequences. Mm. You know, our, our number one job and the number one job of Jay Monahan is, is, is to be objective and protect our 300 plus members. And that's what we're doing. You know, and we're going to be, we know they're competitive and, uh, and, and we're going to be uh, strong against it. Did you and Jay, when this, when Greg Norman, uh, most of this is attributed to his initiatives over the years, and he's been on this world tour kick for a long period of time. Um, did you engage, did you two guys, or either one of you, to the best of your knowledge, engage with either Norman or the Saudis to try and find a resolution that would accommodate both parties? Um. So, so first and foremost, I, I've never had a conversation uh, with Greg. I've had an email from Greg on a couple of occasions inviting me to one of the live events, which I've obviously not attended. Although there was a rumor I was at the first one in in uh, in the Centurion, England. But unless there's two of me, because I was in Sweden at the time. But um, uh, the answer to your question is yes. You know, I I and 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 not not Jay, but but but. Uh, I have yes. What I suggested to uh, to Gulf Saudi was uh, why why don't you do four four events uh, post FedEx uh, in the fall, two in Europe, one in Saudi, one in Dubai, uh, twenty five million each, uh, a new kind of IPL type uh, model, uh, and uh, rather than take on the entire ecosystem, rather than actually be be competitive rather than additive. Uh, I think that is a is a is a is a great opportunity for you to 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 play a bigger role in the game. That um, uh, that was rejected. Um, we have the three of us have seen this kind of thing happen in sport um, numerous on numerous occasions. Yeah, um, we saw it with the American Football League and the National Football League. We've seen it with, um, well, with the USFL. We've seen it with hockey, with the WHA. We've seen it in almost every sport. Somebody comes up with what they think is a better idea. And immediately, the historic um, league uh, begins to fight. And there's a ground war. Sometimes the the longer lasting league wins yeah. and the new idea is forced into retirement. But sometimes uh, there's a merger. Um, I think was it nine AFL franchises wound up being um, taken in by the national football league. Sure. Uh, and, and, and there's other situations like that too. The American basketball association right. uh, was yeah. folded in, into the NBA. 
Do you see that possibility here? Well, first and foremost, I think that, that you know, I'm not adverse to working with Gulf Saudi. Uh, I, again, I brought them into the game. Uh, I think if, if there was um, uh, an opportunity going forward to have a discussion, I think that they would have to say, hey, listen, we would, we would, um, uh, we would like to play inside the ecosystem. We would like to, to, to create something that is additive, not competitive. Mm-hmm. I don't see that happening with, uh, with Greg Norman. Um, I, ju- I just don't. Uh, but, um, y- you know, you saw what happened with the WHA. You saw what happened with the USFL. Y- you know, um, you know, there's two, it's two different. It's currently right now, the USFL and if you look at the NFL or even the WHA and the NHL with Gordy Howe and Gretzky and so forth, and the WHA and Bobby Hall and, 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 and they weren't able to play in the 72 summit series, but to yep. be honest with you, you know, the summit series was, and they, you know, they didn't have Bobby Hall and, you know, the summit series and the brand was more important than that. Uh, that's why I always say the Ryder cup, you know, the Ryder cup is more important than the actual, you know, the, 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 the players, the brand is, 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 the, is the key. Uh, I think that right now you've got two different um, concepts you know, one is abiding the principles of meritocracy and fair competition, uh, where every member through practice, hard work, and dedication can win. Uh, and and the others is is cash guarantees for for some of the players that that are maybe looking at this as their final payday. Um, I I think before that could ever happen, uh, Bob, and and I think it's a it's it's a ways away. Is um, in terms of what you're saying is a compromise. Um, I, I, I think Gulf Saudi would have to, uh, uh, to be open to looking at something in a different direction mm-hmm. and wanting to play uh, in what I said, the true essence of competition, you know, which is, which is the, the magic of our game. Uh, and, and with the legacy of the established tournaments that we have, uh, both on the PGA Tour ourselves and in the majors, um, there, there, there is a there is a room for you know a new global series, and we're going to create one with the PGA Tour. Um, but and and, the, and there may be room for a format like Live Investments, just not fourteen events mm-hmm. up up against the the history and and what has made our game so great. You know it, that that it really is like I I, I look back. You know where where Richard Bland is now playing in these events, and and he was he, he was candid enough to have the conversation with me, saying, "Keith, listen, I'm 49 years old. I'm going for the cash." You know, if you look at Pat Perez, his his comments, and I and I don't know Pat, but his comments, they're going for the cash. You know, and and you know that's not that's not great for our game. You know, you want people going for the competition. You want people to going for the for the 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 satisfaction and the and the gratif- gratification of winning. Like like you know, uh, a, a top player said to me the other day, "Seems like the guys that have gone to live are, have have given up." You know, they're they're are they are they just taking them for a ride for the money? Was the question, and and that's 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 sad. Um, you know, I believe there's there's room for innovation. And I hope we can find a compromise down the road. But uh, you know, I, I hope they, um, uh, I hope they they make a move and realize that this is not really uh, good for the game and is not growing the game. And and they talk about growing the game, and nobody has articulated to me exactly how that's going to happen today. Yeah. I, I know. Listen, I uh, I know your management style. I know you you have a great affinity for people that you work with and work for and work for you. Um, how much of this is personal for you? Um, that's a good question. Um, no, it, it's, it's, yeah. I'm, I, am I disappointed? I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed with, with uh, John, you know, I have, I have strong relationships with, with a lot of the players 
And, uh, you know, I probably, you, you know, that I've had conversations with, with all of the players about it. Um, and, um, I don't think it, it, I don't think it's, 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 it's personal. Um, but I just think it's, it's, you know, it saddens me that, that, that everything is about money. Uh, and, you know, if I've heard that once, I've heard it five times. Everybody has a price. Well, I, I don't agree. Um, you know, they don't. I think, you know, this is, this is something that I would prefer all the top players that go. To be honest and, and, and really come out and say, John, why they are, they are going. You know, they're going because they're playing less, smaller fields, and it's guaranteed large money. Just come out and say it. And that model, I don't think is sustainable long term. And I don't think it is, is what the consumer wants. And, um, and it's, it, yeah, I, I don't know if it's personal. I'm, I'm, I'm a little, yeah, I'm, it's, 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 it's frustrating that this is this is happening in in our game when I don't believe that it needs to mm. play inside the system, be be additive and don't be competitive. And I'm not and, and I have no notion about as you know about competition. I love competition. <laughs> competition make competition makes you better. Uh, and um, you you know, but th- this is competition that, as you said, you're playing with somebody with with uh, seemingly endless funds that are, are making some players uh, wealthy in the twilights of their career. And I don't begrudge them for, for going, but they shouldn't begrudge us for giving them the consequences that I think is, is what, what I'm to do. Would you be more concerned if Liv had announced, instead of the guaranteed money and the appearance fees, that they promised, which are in the hundreds of millions of dollars. What if they had said this, our tour is going to offer $50 million in prize money for each event rather than the 25. So they changed the playing field, but on a different way, in a different way, would that have been more threatening to you? Are they? Are you 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 would have to be further in in your question. Is it still forty eight players? I don't know. What what would have what would have been more dangerous? What what if they had said? Well, what if it was but a no full guarantee, field of one hundred forty four? I mean, no guaranteed money. Though, no guaranteed money, but fifty million a week in prize money. Well, fifty million a week in prize money with one hundred and fifty six players and not paying players with no cut. You know that that would that would keep what the what the game has has created over the last fifty years. That that would that you know that's our version of professional golf offers life changing rewards of our members, but it's not solely about money. Um, yes, people would be playing for the for the big prize funds, but but it would stay within the magical meritocracy yeah. that our game exists. Still create uh, the competition. Would it, still, would it still? Yes, it would be higher competition. Would it be competition that could we ever compete with fifty million purses? No, um, but you know, it's it's just it's that whole concept of 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 the guaranteed money, which is is the is something that I get it. It's it's a challenge. That's that's it. Right? You like you saw you saw how exciting it was at the RBC Canadian open, the fans going crazy and Rory over the moon, excited. You might've saw how Tung Lee last week mm-hmm. cry, cry. I did. Uh, you know, it was like, a, it was unbelievable. Uh, you know, last, last week in, in Germany in Munich at the BMW international when he won, because he had hit the bottom. He was ready to give up the game. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden he turned it around and that's the game. It goes up like this. You know, if, if that's the magic of, of our game play well, if you don't play well, then, then it's, it's, it's a difficult game. It's very yeah. difficult. 
And that takes away what the purity of the game is if it's just no cut, 48 players, and huge money. That's what I feel. Uh, I suspect and I hope, I think, that uh, that this is the first of probably several conversations we'll have over the next few years as yeah. we we and you and, and Jay address um, how this thing evolves and where we go from here. It's a fascinating conversation. We're so thankful, I think you know, that uh, you take the opportunity to uh, our invitation to join us. And uh, we thank you and look forward to talking again soon. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Keith Pelly, we'll come back and wrap after this moment. We are back. We thank Keith Pelly as uh, as always. He doesn't join us on um, often, but he does join us when we ask. And mm-hmm. this was a time where we had to talk to him. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing, Bob, in, in my mind is, is that uh, we had asked Keith to come on a lot earlier, and he said, "No, I'm, we're going to wait until we get our ducks in a row." Uh, and obviously, as he explained, uh, between uh, he and Jay Monahan and the relationship between his tour uh, and the PGA, that has that's definitely come to fruition now in the last ten days. The one thing that's pretty obvious to me, uh, and he wouldn't say it, uh, he's 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 more diplomatic than you or I will ever be. Um, that uh, if there is any future of Live Tour existing in this world with the European Tour and the PGA, it has to be without Greg Norman. Uh, Greg Norman cannot I be agree. part of it, and that's he's the he's the guy that's stirring this pot. And and if if the Saudis and the PGA and the the European Tour ever get together, it will have to be without Greg Norman. I think. Uh, I know we're tight on time, but I I I would love to know what Greg Norman has sold them as the end game. Wouldn't you? Yeah, like, I, I mean, I and I don't know where does this thing. Where are they going to go with this? Well, how do they win? I don't know. You know, and fascination is that with Keith's role in all this is that Norman and, and Keith have never spoken. That to me was uh, when he said that I was shocked. Yeah, it really was. I was shocked. Well, we will watch with a great interest. Those of us who are golf fans, we must get out of here uh, for uh, hey, John Shannon. Barry trots tomorrow. Excellent. Barry trots. Uh, he's John Shannon. I'm Bob McCown. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. everybody.